0: What's interesting about that is some people are very precious about not posting too often in the feed. Problem is, it's not really reaching just all your people in your network, as some people may think. So when we look at this in a lot of the campaigns we run is we ask ourselves the question, who's the audience you're trying to reach? If you're trying to reach that audience through your own profile and your own network, organically, if it's only 11%, what about the other 89%? That's a big hole in terms of reach.
1: Welcome to the Boss Podcast, the best of social selling. Your host, Mark McGinnis, Australia's number one social seller, author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, and B2B Sales Trainer, brings you expert opinion, tactics, and discussion to help you get more out of your time on social.
2: With 20 episodes now completed, we've certainly covered a lot of ground. I've talked to some real social legends over the last 19 episodes we've certainly learned a bunch of new and valuable stuff with thousands of downloads already i have to say thank you to the listeners for the support and please keep interacting with us both on social and via email or through the website it's great to hear and see how you're all applying the strategies that we uncover and share here this episode is designed as a bit of a wrap-up of all those previous episodes And we provide some commentary around the main takeaways from those key interviews. But don't worry, rather than have you listen to me talk endlessly, I've enlisted the help of the COO of the Social Revolution, sometime business partner, and good friend, Tino Ho. I'm delighted to have Tino join me to co-host this review. The main points we talk through today include automation, why are so many people wound up about it, connection requests. Why are so many LinkedIn trainers wound up about it? And what really works anyway in connection requests? Are you better off sending a a connection without a message or with a message? You might be surprised. It's probably not what you think. We walk through video, how to use it as part of your social outreach. Profile, why are we still talking about your profile after all this time? And we round out on the network piece, whether it's better to have a good quality network or lots and lots of people inside your network. I'm sure you'll enjoy this slightly different episode, and please help us to let everyone else who needs to know about this podcast find it by liking, sharing, and rating us where required. Thanks very much. Okay, welcome to The Boss Podcast. So this week is a special episode. So this is going to be my 20th episode of The Boss Podcast. Hard to think that I'd be here having done 20 episodes when I see this little baby or this crazy thing, this podcast. Uh, But I'm delighted to have a co-host on with me today. So not a guest, a co-host, someone sharing the hot seat. Tino Ho from The Social Revolution. Hello. Hey, Mark. How are you? Very well. And, mate, thanks for coming to share the microphone in this little review session that we've got planned today. Happy to. Thanks for having me on, Mark. So you've been on the show a couple of times. So maybe two, maybe three times, I think. And But you've had some changes. So you're now from the social revolution. Previously, you were from Binary M.
0: Yeah, so we've gone through a bit of a rebrand, which was supposed to be a small one-month project that blew out uh, into a multi-month project and turned into a beast. And uh, finally, we, we got that done. So yeah, formerly Binary M, now we are called the social revolution. So yeah, that's all done and dusted behind us now.
2: So are you just doing the same thing but with a different name or is it, has
0: it meant a bit of a change in direction for you
2: and the organisation more broadly?
0: Yeah, I think it's just an evolvement or iteration of what we've already been doing but just tightening up our positioning in market and our approach but broadly still in the B2B social marketing category but just being more tightly focused around some of our core competencies around content and social and positioning ourselves and explaining what we do a bit better. So it's just an involvement of our brand journey.
2: Okay, and so what do you do? So just let those people who may not have had that spiel before?
0: Our model now comes down to what we call a P2P social marketing model, which basically means we, use, we triangulate social content and people to the B2B brands to get marketing outcomes. And in other words, we use people to activate and mobilize content through social networks. Okay,
2: nice. So very much in the social space and perfect for something like the Boss Podcast
0: perfect exactly
2: (laughs) all right so mate but but again thanks for coming on obviously you're a good buddy and we do share a bucket of work and connections and everything else so it makes it really easy for you to come on and co-host the 20th episode And, and what we want to do today mate is just do a bit of a recap of what are the main and constant talking points to give people a bit of a highlight and then round some of that stuff out so what do you think tino and I know you've listened to absolutely every episode. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> what do you think might have been one of the main topics that we we talked about endlessly on the Boss Podcast?
0: I think getting your profile sorted or your LinkedIn profile is something that's come up a lot. Is that where you were getting at? I think that's. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying that was a, well, a well-trodden path or a topic that gets that comes up time and time again. But I think, yeah, I think that's what you are getting at.
2: <laughs> yeah. So look, we had out of the the 19 odd episodes that have gone before this, the amount of people that have said the number one thing that you need to do or what, what you should be focusing on is make sure your profile is customer-centric or a version of that. Make sure that your profile talks to your customer. Make sure your profile isn't a resume. And it's incredible, you know, how many people are still getting this wrong or are still failing them to take those steps. So I don't want to relive the whole profile thing, but what's
0: your thoughts on that? You know, is there anything, anything you know, that you want to add? I'll give you my perspective on the context of that and how we look at it and we have these conversations all the time, but I think people think place more emphasis on it than they need to. And they miss the point of the bigger picture. Um, so yes, it's important, but what's more important, is all the things that surround it. It's, it's almost only 10% of what you do on, on, on social. So it's a bit like your website's important, your landing page's are important, just get your assets. But what's more important is then is the other stuff outside of that. Things like knowing who your audience is and then getting all the assets ready to post up on it and then all of the, the outreach. There's so many other things beyond just your profile. So getting it sorted is important, but the conversations that we have is making sure that it's on brand and on message and coordinated across the whole business. So for instance, if you've got a whole, we talk to a lot of marketing managers who use, we work with them to say, how do we activate people's profiles or social profiles as a channel to reach their audience? And one of the first things we do is make sure that everyone's profiles, cohesively across the whole business, that they are all singing from the same hymn sheet. So when you look at it, they're from the same organization, from the same company. So if you look at ours, if you look at Stew's Mines and Nats and everyone else, when you look at it, you just immediately know that we're from the same company because the way that it's branded and what it says on there. As long as it's got those conditions on there, like that's probably one of the main things that we cover. Like when people ask us what should we do, that's the one thing that we work on immediately. But look, once that's sorted, that's you move on from it. But yeah, that's how some of the findings or, or conversations that we have around it. Yeah, it's just such a, a cornerstone piece, and once you've got it right. Makes it easier for
2: everything else to happen, but it's certainly not all there is to it. It's a bit like that sort of early two thousands build a website, and then you'll get it'll generate income for you. It, it doesn't really work that way. You know, it's like just because you've got a great website doesn't mean that yeah. you're going to be able to generate sales. But it, when you outreach to somebody, whether you be on LinkedIn or something else, or you know email or whatever, there's a high chance they're going to come back to your LinkedIn profile. So if your LinkedIn profile looks like rubbish, it's not helping you. If it supports what your message says, it makes it considerably easier. Yeah. So I'm probably going to ban any discussion of profile on this podcast after this song. But if you are listening and you haven't, check out Karen Tisdell's episode. And that was episode number 13. Of, and she talks about like, just breaks it down piece by piece. And she did a really good job. And I'm just looking at the stats now. And hers is just about the most downloaded episode. Obviously, a lot of people got a lot out of that. And Karen's a very good social marketer anyway. so. The next one, of course, was connections, Tino. So I tell you what, talk about opening a can of worms, connection requests. Mm. So one of the things I've really learned over this time is that I was a bit uptight about this. Send me a connection request, make sure it's it's customized. Having had these conversations, I don't feel that strongly about it anymore. I've got to the point where I realized that a lot of people who spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, myself
0: included, might just be a little bit too stressed out about these these little bits and pieces. What do you think? I agree. Yes, and all, it's funny though because this is somewhat related to the. I don't want to bring this up again, but it's somewhat related to what it says on your profile. You receive a connection request. You ask, what's the first thing to make the decision to accept or not, and 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 that sort of answers the question on our earlier discussion. What it says on your profile that has impact on how people behave and respond to your connection request, I think that's definitely a consideration. So what do you think makes a bigger impact? Do you think the
2: profile or the message or the non-message? And what I mean by that is the messages that I get, and let's check that you're the same, maybe you're different, but let's say I get 10 connection requests with messages. I would say I'd get 90 without, maybe 80, 20. Like I don't get a lot of messages compared to blank connection requests. But out of those 10 messages that I would get, Only two of them would be good. The others would be templated rubbish. So you're better off not
0: sending a message. Is that what you're saying or am I just being, am I unlucky? Yeah, look, I think if your message isn't good and you just put something there for the sake of it, it could do more damage as in uh, put you on the back foot than not having one there at all. So I think you either have a really good one that's unique and different and not not make it look like the same message that everyone's, a million other people have sent. You can't think of uh, having nothing in there to make the decision between the two is better. But, yeah, I think based on, I know, some of the tests that you've run and some of the tests we've run with had similar results, there's probably there isn't really a significant difference between the two. And then you ask yourself the question, is it worth the effort then? Isn't there any point in going to the effort of writing a message copy? Let's take a quick break, do a little bit of business, and we'll be right back.
1: Video messaging is huge right now. Mark reports his very best message response rates are coming from video messaging, and Mark chooses to use Bonjuro as his video message supplier. Because Bonjuro is now a supporter of the Boss podcast, they have given listeners a massive 20% off any of their plans. Simply add Boss20 at the checkout. That's B-O-S-S-20. Give Bonjuro a go and increase your response rates by 300%. Go to com. That's B-O-N-J-O-R-O dot com.
2: Yeah, so based on my research in the last couple of weeks, there's no difference to whether people accept my connection request with a message or without a message. I get exactly the same connection rates. And that's, for the record, about 66%. Yeah. So but what I will say, and I'll just say it, in the nicest way I can. So I'm in a couple of different groups that are closed that talk about using LinkedIn more effectively, Facebook groups, that sort of thing. And I think the most shared piece of content inside that group is a picture of Tino sending me a connection request where the message is not quite right. And it's, oh, look at this, I'm being spammed again by some guy from Australia. And I look at those messages and think, oh, it's just, it's not really that bad. It's just not relevant. That's made me reflect and think all these people who spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, myself included, might be just a bit too bent out of shape over connection requests for no
0: reason whatsoever. Yeah, I think it sounds like it's been rushed to death a bit. And yeah, there's probably a lot of noise around it, unnecessary noise around it. But yeah, I think a lot of the campaigns that we run, we can not to, we're still testing it and monitoring it and don't put a connection request message on there. But we're constantly monitoring it. But it also depends on who who the audience on the other end is. Yeah, but I think similar to your experiment, Mark, I think there's not a material difference in having one versus um, not having one.
2: Yeah. Do you find it, is it harder to start a second conversation? Let's say, so one thing, the first metric is, do you get a connection? So if I send 50 connection requests with a a message and 50 without, I get the same result. But what about the conversation going after that? Like trying to start it, is it significantly better if you have sent a message? Do you have any data around that? I'm asking without notice, I know.
0: You mean, what's the response of the second message like if you don't have a connection request on on the first? Um, yeah, so
2: if you don't start with a message, is it are you more likely to be ignored when you try and send a message later on, or are you just as successful? Do you know?
0: We haven't specifically tested that sequence, so hard to have any solid or concrete view, views on that and what's better or what's not. But I think when you once you're connected to someone, I think the, the approach that we take is you don't really want to you want to build a relationship first, with that kind of point of view in mind, it then should shape what you write and how you write it. And so it's the relevance of that in the context of who that person is that should shape what to write, which then impacts what's the response rate. So for instance, if you connect with someone you've never met before, and then there's really no common ground or hooks, and then you start asking them to buy something from you, and it's very sales-orientated, then you're probably going to unsurprisingly get not much response but then if you make it relevant, which I know that so you've got some really good tips, Mark, that I've worked taken on board and it's worked extremely well, is basically find some common ground, re- reading up on that person, doing some research, and then using, weaving that into the, the messaging and, make, and making it relevant. And then regardless of whether you, you know, sent the message, the first connection request with something in there or not, that approach trumps the first point. So I think there's other things at play which will determine the success of the second message. Yeah.
2: Okay. Like, yeah, that's actually a really good answer. I was hoping for a, a quick yes or no, but in actual fact, <laughs> your, your answer has been better than what I had hoped. So yeah, so you've got to do the work really, isn't it? That's what it comes down to. You've got to do the work before you're going to be successful.
0: To, to be honest, I think given the current environment as well with the pandemic, more reliance on digital channels. I don't know about everyone else, but I've certainly experienced an influx of more activity on the platform uh, and that includes connection requests, inbound connection requests. So that means that it's just the problem's been exacerbated in terms of quality of messaging, what people are saying on there. So you've got to, it's even harder now to stand out and be different from the rest. So I'd say, yeah, these, some of these problem areas or challenges have just, a bit, just been exacerbated currently. Yeah, I'd agree. It's definitely more difficult to stand out, but I've got a, I've got a great
2: solution to that as our next point of conversation video. So video has been, uh, I'm just checking the stats again. So video would be like just second to a profile on downloads mm-hmm. and it was probably got the most engagement as far as people starting conversations. And that was Matt Burnett, uh, Barnett, sorry, from Bonjoro and Bonjoro of course, sponsor of the program, Love the product, uh, use it all the time. So that was episode number eight. <laughs> I'm going to share how I'm using it right now. And so basically what I'm doing is I'm creating a a video every week and I've got something going on or I'll post something that's got a lot of engagement. And then the people that I connect with who are in sales, I send them the video. So it's it's sub generic, if you know what I mean. So I'll make one video for the week and say, hey, I've got a webinar next week on building emails. I've I've had this post which has gone gangbusters you might like. And here's how you can get in contact with me. Here's some great here's some ways that you can get some free sales resources from me. And I create a, a video and I don't say Tino, right? Because obviously I'm going to share this with the 25 people I connect with that week. Yeah. And then I just send that link. So when people connect with me, they send me connection requests. I just grab that link, which I've got saved and I send them along with a, thanks for connecting Tino. Good to have you in the network. That's the text. And then they've got a 45 second video. That's somewhat personalized because it's, you know, next week it's out of date because there's a different post and there's a different, webinar if you know what i mean yeah but i'm finding that's getting lots and lots of responses so probably about 50 percent responses some of them are just a straight out thumbs up but i consider that to be a response mm-hmm. and, and other people are saying great strategy how are you doing that and then of course you can start a, a, a conversation and i'm finding that to be and then on, the other way i'm using it is the birthday strategy which you have probably heard me talk about before so if it's your birthday tino and i know you i'll send you a little video
0: I haven't heard that one from you before, so you might
2: have to elaborate on that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so basically, you turn on the notifications for your birthday, for birthday notifications on LinkedIn. Right, right. Every day, I get a notification of somewhere between three and nine person's birthday. And then I, if I know them very well, I'll send, or if I've been interacting with them, I'll send them a little video that just says, hey, happy birthday. Yeah, right. And if I don't know them very well, I might send them an, a templated thing that says, we've been connected since 2016. We've never swapped a message. It's your birthday. What's going on? I've got about a 50% success rate with people then sending a message back, even though we've never conversed. Yeah. And then it also gives me an opportunity to then disconnect from a bunch of other people who have no longer really used to me or I'm no use to them. So it's like a, a self-cleaning method.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I love, very, I, very I love cool. your approach with the video through the messaging. I think that's really clever. And to our earlier point, it's, that's how you stand out, right? Because hardly any people do that. So that's like bang on the money, right?
2: Yeah. When you're talking about standing out, that's what we've got to move to now. There are other tools to use it, but it's really easy to do and it actually gives you the opportunity to almost automate or speed up your template, your thanks for connecting type stuff. Are you guys using video in your sales process, in your social sales process at all?
0: Yeah, because it's funny. So we are, yes, and it's related to our earlier discussion how do we stand out. And we're using it probably in two main use cases. One is like the high production value Format where it's like proper cameras and there's editing required, and then we've got that sort of a stream of content work that work via video format. So that's one stream, and then the the other use case is similar to what you're doing, Mark, is using Loom to record off the cuff videos, which you know is the lower production value. That's a bit more casual, and we use that for prospecting and sending outreach messages. Slightly different use cases, how we apply, it, but it's a very similar approach to what what you're doing. And so we do that for net new clients or business development, but also we also use videos a lot for existing customers to explain um, certain concepts um, or documents that more clearly articulated and better done through explaining it versus text. Yeah, we're definitely using those. They're the three main use cases of what, how we use video.
2: Yeah, so I'm using it as an explainer a lot too. Even like this morning, I sent some sales scripts across to a customer for their second round of, of outreach. And that was in Google Docs, so I was able to use a Chrome plugin, again, Bonjoro, to walk them through the doc and say, put this in here. And I, I do that for them because it just makes it easier for them to be able to review. And I do it for me as well because I'm just so sick of typing. Yeah, like It's a good way to break up that instructional piece as well.
0: Not only, uh, I think you're right, it's not only easier to some degree than typing something out, although there's still the scalability of it but if you do it in a smart way of doing you can rinse and repeat it but there's also analytic if you depending on what platform you use you can get good analytics so you know that if they've read the if they've watched the video or not and you get notifications which extra data point to help drive you know what your next step is or not whether that's call or email like if they've watched it that's useful information to know and then even i think the pro version of loom depending on which platform you use has in screen call to action buttons so you can just put in a link and it overlays over the video. So there's some really cool stuff you can do to help you enrich that experience and stand out a little bit as well. Full disclaimer, Bonjoro are helping me.
2: But Bonjoro links from LinkedIn is my second highest vehicle to drive people to my website. Wow. Through the link
0: in my video. Wow, okay. There's proof right there, right, that it is. <laughs> a, it works. That's a very useful piece of uh Advice right there.
2: So that touches on automation. And of course, that's one, something that went crazy. So that was only a couple of episodes ago that I had uh, your sidekick, Stu, on Mm -hmm. to talk about automation. That certainly got a few bees buzzing. Something in the hornet's nest. What goes in the hornet's nest? I'm not sure what that saying is. Anyway, Um, but that that was a really interesting conversation. And I've got to say that. I've been thinking about automation slightly differently as a result of that conversation. But I've got to, I think I know why. I think I know why people don't like it on LinkedIn. The whole concept that we had was how do we use automation or how do people use automation in the, in the sales process? And we had our disguised voice guy share yeah, his ideas, which was awesome. And Stu was talking about, isn't there a bit of hypocrisy here because we're happy to talk to a bot on chat. We're happy to accept that emails you know, coming from Mark's email address probably a drip campaign and therefore automated, but we get dirty, get upset when someone automates a LinkedIn connection request or something like that. And so I've been struggling with that the whole time because I was like, yeah, there's a sense of common sense there from Stuart, but somehow I still feel like I'm being cheated on in inverted commas when somebody sends me an automated message. Mm. You've got an interesting thought process around this, don't you, mate?
0: Yeah, so my view on this is whenever there's a new channel, be it email, be it chatbot, be it LinkedIn messaging, it's, it's a bit of a, an evolvement or journey or uh, maturity of what people, uh, how people use it, and what to expect on it. So two things, like I think I've learned, is one is if you're going to use automation, I don't think there's an issue with it. It's fine as long as it's relevant and personal. But if that's done if on on receiving end, if it's done, then it doesn't really matter. And if it's done well, the person won't actually even know that it's automated. The fact that they know it's automated is probably telling you something already that it's shite. <laughs> <laughs> you failed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't appreciate being sent an automated message, but the fact that I know it, it I just know it's not a good message sent first place. So I think. If it's done properly, I'm a big supporter of it. I'm massive supporter of automation on anything if if it's done. So the, the, there's a caveat to it is if it's done properly. But my view on this is, if you look at the history of email as an example, like nineteen seventy one was when the first email was ever sent by a name, by a name like Tomlinson, and he sent like first email message, which I think was like test one two three. Like that's when it was first born. Fast forward, it was not only until two thousand and three that long after, where the the US introduced spam laws, like Spam Act came, came in in 2003. Now, that's a long time between the two. And so it takes, when first something's introduced, people use it organically, and they spend it manually, and people are getting used to it. Uh, and that's what they expect. But then as technology evolves, and people get more efficient with it, and it gets mass adoption, things like automation come into play. And I think when that first when it first got introduced and, then, and, and it evolved and there was lots of automation, I think people weren't very happy with it. And that's why they in, introduced the spam, spam act. But now it's the condition to it and they know to expect it and it's evolved. That took a long time. But if you look at LinkedIn, it hasn't been around as long as, as email. So I think it's just a sign of evolving and the maturity of, of the product. And obviously it's not as mature as email. So I think eventually people will probably come to accept that it's, there is more automation and people do use it. Do use automation to, to send messages. So I think it's worth pointing that out. And it's a different, different level of maturity in terms of adoption. I like the way you've explained that. That's really clever. Let's take a quick break, do a
2: little bit of business and we'll be right back. If you need more conversations with your ideal buyers
1: or to simply sharpen your prospecting skills, check out Mark's latest book, Tactical Pipeline Growth. It's a complete prospecting guide. It outlines step-by-step the process to build a strong and healthy pipeline. Mark has included a huge amount of valuable sales material such as templates, call and email scripts, the best cadence plans, as well as social selling templates for you to use and start prospecting straight away. Tactical pipeline growth is available from Amazon or directly from wwwmarkmcdo tpg.
2: One of the questions I asked just about everybody, everyone that I remembered, when I closed, I said, do you think social media has had its day? And do you think LinkedIn has had a day? Is it getting better or worse? And to be honest, I think the people that use it to drive business, so if they had LinkedIn courses, nearly everybody said, those people said, it's still great. But I had quite a few people say... You know what? I think the easy hits are gone or they're on their way out. And I think that's you know what you're saying about how things change over time and people's acceptance of, of different techniques change, different strategies change. And that makes me feel like there is a finite timeline to get great at, at, at social selling or social marketing, whatever the, strategy, the words are, digital marketing. And, and sure, we'll move from one platform to another, but I do think now's the time. But, and I wouldn't be dilly-dallying too much if I was anybody listening and hadn't
0: made their mind up yeah it's, it's, it's totally a sign of changing ever evolving and ever changing use of the platform because it's not so long ago you know we're talking years ago where linkedin was used as a an online cv but now as it's grown it's been used for a lot more than that now and it's always constantly going to change right yeah
2: you yeah, know 100% agree and then the last thing that i wanted to highlight was i had a couple of Marketing oriented people, so people right up your alley, Tino. And they basically said to me a version of, and I think this is Joe Affelbaum's quote that I'm using, but I also had Tim Hyde say the same thing. And I think I had Bill McCormick as well from Social Sales Link say the same thing. So people would rather be connected to, or have a thousand people, so this is Joe's quote, have, I'd rather have a thousand people see my content a thousand times rather than be connected to Ten thousand people. Mm. So a thousand people to see my content a thousand times over a year, right? Yeah, didn't be connected to ten thousand people. Now I know that's not exactly linear, but you get the get the idea. I think he's saying you're better off being connected to
0: quality rather than quantity. What's your thoughts on that? As a concept, quality over quantity. Absolutely, that that it. As in, there's some caveats to depending on how you look at that use case is. Right, If the ten, one out of the 10,000 people, are they relevant? Because um, there's no point if they're not in your audience and not relevant, then it's worthless. So assuming that they're not relevant, then, yeah, I'd rather connect with a 1,000 relevant people more often than a, a broader audience. But I'd sort of also, depending on the answer to that, also balance that with what's your objective because I think if you look through a marketing lens or customer lens, it's if you're trying to drive awareness, if that's what your objective is, then you want awareness across the, the right audience and be able to reach that that audience. So if you can still reach ten thousand people, and that that's a good thing, as long as they're the right people. So yeah, that's I think yeah, depending on how you look at it.
2: Reaching ten thousand people a thousand times a year would be better than reaching a thousand people ten times a thousand times a year. It would be ten times better, assuming they are all
0: the right people. Yeah, absolutely. If if they're the right people, yeah. but the, the challenge. If you're thinking about this from a LinkedIn perspective, there's a there's quite limited reach on LinkedIn in the feed because there's a there's an acclaimed apparent eleven percent reach in the feed. So if you've got ten thousand people and you're posting content, then only eleven percent of that ten thousand is probably going to see your content organically. So yeah, you kind of got to got to look at the channel and then see how you can if you can actually reach it. Because you've got ten thousand connections, that doesn't mean you doesn't mean you can reach all of them. Where did you get that from? Tell me about that. We heard that stat from, I'm pretty sure that came from LinkedIn. I need to dig it out, the, the source, but we've had some conversations with LinkedIn or some people we know at LinkedIn, uh, and they told us there's an organic 11% reach. And so that's in the feed. So that the interesting thing, what's interesting about that is some people are very precious about not posting too often in, in the feed. Problem is, it's not really reaching just all your people in your network, as some people may think. So when we look at this in a lot of the campaigns we run is we ask ourselves the question, who's the audience you're trying to reach? If you're trying to reach that audience through your own profile and your own network, organically, if it's only 11%, what about the other 89%? That's a big hole in terms of reach. So that's when we start to look at using the brand page and the company page or campaign manager using paid ads to say... There's a, we, we need to turn on another channel if we really want to reach that audience and all of that audience more effectively, e- either reach them uh, at all and or more often as, as well. So, yeah, that was, that's a lot of the campaign forecasting we have. We insert input that assumption in terms of how much of the audience we, can, we think we can reach.
2: Hmm, Super interesting. I knew I brought you on for some reason. I didn't know that. Yeah, well done. You know what? Every time I've had one of these conversations or one of these episodes, this has been the big thing. I've learned something. Right, so I think that I've spent a lot of time on LinkedIn and a lot of time learning about social media. I, I can't think of a single person that hasn't given me a little snippet
0: of information over this whole oh, time. I'm talk. glad I got Well, I was under <laughs> the pressure because you're the LinkedIn expert. <laughs> what do I know that he doesn't already know? So I was
2: like, oh. Perfect. Perfect. Well, <laughs> well, you absolutely nailed it, mate. Well done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call quits on our little review. Mm-hmm. And but you did a really good job of co hosting. Thank you very much for coming on. Tino, people can get in touch with you.
0: How? Connect with me on LinkedIn or send me an email. So email is tino at the socialrevolution.co uh, or just connect with me on LinkedIn or actually just go to the socialrevolution.co website. <laughs> One of those three. <laughs> Lovely.
2: Okay. So listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Boss podcast. I've got some fantastic guests. Coming up in the next few weeks, I'm going to deliberately try and find, oh, I've found some practitioners, so SDRs, AEs, people that are in sales that are actually using LinkedIn to start conversations now and they're going to, we're going to get them to share what they're doing. So we're going to move a little bit away from the, the trainer or the influencer type of person and into a lot more tactical, practical skills that you'll be able to employ yourself. So you might have some names that you've not heard of before, but I'm sure they're going to bring some really strong strategies for everybody. As per usual, if you like this episode, if you've got some value out of this, please rate and share because that helps other people find this podcast. And even though the podcast is going much better than what I thought, I'd love as many people as possible to get to hear great strategies that Tino and I share. So without further ado, thanks very much for tuning in to the Boss Podcast.
1: Please help others just like you find this podcast by spreading the word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you source your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Boss Podcast. Join us next time for even more tactics, discussion, and ideas to help you improve your social outreach.